Today on the podcast, a mantelpiece moment that proves it costs more to be an adult, a novel that shocks you and then leaves you, and of course, the weekly reveal to what magical book I have pulled down from my to-be-read shelf. All of that and more this week on A Novel Review. Hello and welcome to the literature podcast, A Novel Review. My name is Seamus, your host, and together we will discuss, dissect, and explore the wonderful world of literature, and the wonderful world of literature is a vast and dense jungle, so let's start making our way through, one book at a time. Hey everyone, welcome back. Welcome to the beginning of another episode of A Novel Review, a podcast exploring the wonderful world of literature. My name is Seamus, I am your host, and for today's episode, Small Books with Big Thoughts. It's Claire Keegan's Small Things Like These. But before I jump into this book, I always take a moment to reflect on any mantelpiece moments, something to highlight from the week past and... This week, an interesting fact about Harry Potter. Um, I revealed last week that I was reading Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, starting with the first one, of course. And I saw this pop up on my Instagram. A fact about sort of the first book and the subsequent books after that was... And I admit, I initially had this kind of feeling when I was reading this on the tube. It is the children's cover, of course, or the original cover, probably the most widely known cover for the book. Um, And it did kind of feel weird to be reading Harry Potter in the public eye. I don't know why. Maybe it was just everyone should have read it by now, perhaps. And I sort of thought maybe everyone was looking at me thinking, who's this weirdo that hasn't read Harry Potter? But also it is quite a children, childish book. Um, And it's reported that apparently there were people who were so embarrassed about reading books such as this one that they were hiding them behind newspapers on tubes and trains and buses and stuff like that. And Bloomsbury, the publishers of Harry Potter, actually saw this and came out with the adult covers, which if you've taken a look at them or seen them through your travels, they are quite monotone. They're, they're photographs used on the covers and they're not as exciting. Let's put it like that. That's what I'm trying to get out here. They're not as exciting. Um, and that's what they used to do so that adults did not feel embarrassed reading the Harry Potter series, which is very interesting. But I think what made it more interesting was that the books inside were exactly the same, of course. Nothing was changed. But the adult books cost £2 more. So the cost of being an adult. Moving on now, housekeeping, as always, all the scripts from the episode will be available on the website. And hopefully there is also closed captions somewhere around here just so you can enjoy them. Uh, All the episodes are on YouTube now, of course, and just a reminder that this is now uh, an audio-visual experience and that you can see me speaking at the same time as listening. So let's crack on with the show. Was there any point in being alive without helping one another? This is just one of the simple and beautiful lines that define this novel. Small things like these. What an incredible fleeting book. Once you have got into it, once you have settled in and sunk your teeth in, it ends. It is an incredibly short novel. Just over 100 pages and they are short pages at that. This is one of those books that I saw around a lot. It was nominated for the Booker, which is always a good start. But I don't know, I just never thought to read it until someone actually gave me their copy to read. 
And look, I wasn't look, not reading it because of its size or anything like that. As you might have just seen if you're watching on YouTube, it is incredibly short. As I said, it's just over 100 pages, so it's not a huge investment in your time. I feel like I'm trying to justify why I haven't read it yet, but that's only because everyone else seems to have read this book and loved it. Claire Keegan is an Irish writer who is clearly getting more attention now on the back of the Booker nomination, and I think it's fair to say it's deserved because this work does so much with so little in such a short period of time. Maybe we should do an overview to kick things off. This novel centers around a man called Bill Furlong, who is a coal and wood merchant. It's 1985, leading up for Christmas, and it's freezing cold in Ireland. And Bill is this, he's almost like a Father Christmas kind of character in that he seems to know everyone in the town and he's going around delivering these, I mean, they, he, the people pay for them, but he's delivering these gifts of coal and wood that you know, are really important because people need to stay warm. He is a family man who, one day when delivering to a convent, makes a discovery that forces him to reflect on his own past and also where he finds himself now. So that is an overview. Very short, incredibly sparse prose that flitters in the wind with a story established minimalistically. For me, there was this empty silence to the novel that makes up one of the chief aspects of the novel itself, the silence. The story is more about what isn't written, what isn't said, and that's what defines it. This town exists in the shadow of the church, and what Keegan manages to do in this economised novel is silently give us and show us the heroism of one man against the world. And Keegan does it in such a way that it isn't flashy and heroic in a sense, but more the moral resolution of an everyday man and how he got to this moment. The moment of the novel is something I will not discuss because I don't want to spoil it, but it builds to this moment so naturally, so steadily, almost peacefully, if it wasn't something racked with pain and grief. Now, Bill is the man in question, and he's this kind of everyday man, struggling to keep his head above water, but not so badly that he's living in poverty. In fact, he is, and we are, as the reader, quite proud to be with him and see him, he never knew his father and his mother died when he was 12, but he's grown up to still have a loving wife and many daughters while running this successful coal and timber business. He's one of those reflective people that make us appreciate our own achievements and respect our situation a little better. The fact that it's a coal business is this really subtle, fun kind of humour. Children are raised to be well behaved or Santa will bring them a piece of coal. And in the lead up to Christmas, all Bill does is deliver coal to families that desperately need it to stay warm. It's these kind of jokes that are not in your face or even trying to be funny, but more just to point out that kind of aspect of society. But that being said, though, kids, be good to your parents because they deserve it. So without spoiling anything, I'm going to talk about the Magdalene Laundry. Now, I could explain it roughly. Instead, I'm just lifting a quote from the Justice for Magdalene Laundry Research website, and they write that, from the foundation of the Irish Free State in 1922 until 1996, at least 10,000 girls and women were imprisoned, forced to carry out unpaid labour and subjected to severe psychological and physical maltreatment in Ireland's Magdalen institutions. These were carceral, punitive institutions that ran commercial and for-profit businesses, primarily laundries and needlework. 
I also just want to say that it's quite largely accepted that this number of 10,000 women is believed to be an underestimate. The Magdalene laundries are something that I didn't know of and I'm not sure how well they are known specifically to the rest of the world. I knew that Ireland had had some great issues with small things like these. These small things being the abuse of the church on individuals and how wrong, perverse and wicked these things were. But I didn't know these sort of more specific details. I also don't think it's needed technically because I didn't know myself and I still felt I understood the tense darkness that is ever present and looming over this text. But I am sure that knowing would add the more concentrated, gut-wrenching presence to the book itself. I'm definitely going to reread this book, but I think we need to have a quote before we rate this gem of a book. This is a quote about being present in the moment, and it goes, Before long, he caught a hold of himself and concluded that nothing ever did happen again. To each was given days and chances which wouldn't come back around. And wasn't it sweet to be where you were and let it remind you of your past for once, despite the upset, instead of always looking into the mechanics of the days and the troubles ahead, which might never come? So, what would I rate this brief but bright light of a novel that will break your humanity but also restore it? 4.4 out of 5. So what am I reading this week? This week I am reading a book that I have been saving for a long, long time to read. The Three Musketeers by Alexander Dumas. I was saving it simply because I love The Count of Monte Cristo so much and I was unsure, maybe even a little scared as to whether this would live up to the hype and I was, that probably didn't help because then over the years the internal hype train has just built and built and built. I'm 250 pages in, I think, around there, and it is going really, really well. I'm going to wait to the end to sort of decide whether it's as good as Monte Cristo, though so far, no. That is not to say that this is not a sparkling read in itself, though it is going along so well. I mean, The Three Musketeers and Count of Monte Cristo are Dumas' sort of best-known works. Maybe The Black Tulip in there as well. But there definitely is two main sort of works that are really well known. So I always knew it would be good, but can it live up to Monte Cristo's height? We shall see. Stay tuned. Now, before I close out the show, if you have listened this far, please consider hitting those five stars, like, subscribe, five star reviews. I really appreciate it. Also, feel free to head along to the website and support the pod. But as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for your attention. So I think it's time to end this episode. And today to take us away, I think a touch of Colm Toybean. And he writes, Memory fills my body as much as blood and bones. 